Hello and welcome to the Life, Living It and Loving It podcast. I'm your host Gordon Doan and today we're going to be talking all about 1%. But before we jump into all that, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly update. And before we even jump into that, it's time for our monthly song. So our regular listeners will know that the last few months I've been doing a monthly song for you guys. So it's either a song that I'm listening to that has a lot of meaning to, a song that I really like, or a song that, that's meant something in the past, or has got a particular message that I wanted to talk about. And today is no different. It's an eclectic choice. All the music choices here on the Life Living It and Living It podcast are eclectic choices. I have quite a wide range in music uh, and today is no different. So today is actually um, it's actually an old jazz song. Um, it, it's, a, it's an awesome song. It's a song by Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine. But we're not going to play the original version. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the original version. Um, I've got an instrumental version that I'm going to play for you. So how I came across this in the last couple of weeks is through my piano practice. Um, so I have a book called, um, I think it's called something along the lines of uh, 50 Blues, 51st Blues Songs to Play, I think, or your 51st Blues Song to Play, something along those lines. Um, and this was one of them. I've been using it as kind of a sight read in the X size going through the book and playing these songs uh, and this one is one of my favorite jazz songs of all time so uh, when I came across it I wanted to learn it a little bit better um, so I actually searched for a few instrumental versions of it so that I could play along because one of the ways I pick up rhythm and, and uh, the right tempo when I'm playing a piece on the piano is by listening to it over and over again and then uh, trying to play over it so that I, I kind of match the rhythm and the tempo as I go I, I find that um, most useful um, so so this was a song uh, I wish I was this good <laughs> it's going to be years and years before I'm this good but this is an awesome version a piano version of the song it's uh, by a chap called Scott um, Scott Bradley um, Scott Bradley um, so uh, this I'm playing from Spotify so it's on Spotify um, but there's also a YouTube ver version where you can actually watch him play the song so it's a live video with him playing the song which is awesome he's got uh, his own YouTube channel so I recommend go and check him out Scott Bradley so I'm just going to play the first 20-30 seconds or so for you guys this is something that I've been listening to um, of an evening usually um, so I, I was listening to it originally to play along with um, and I've been listening to it more recently in the evenings to kind of chill out because it's just a, a really cool mellow song um, that if you close your eyes you can kind of be transported anywhere which is awesome so I'm just going to play that for you now listen to that song on repeat for hours and hours it's awesome in fact i have listened to it on repeat a couple of times as i've been going to sleep or as i've been winding down in the evening um because it's just such a such a mellow tune i really enjoy it so hopefully um some of you have enjoyed that um i know jazz isn't to everybody's taste and piano music certainly isn't to everybody's taste but like i say really cool for winding down too so go check out uh, the rest of the song on spotify or through uh, his youtube channel so once again that's ain't no sunshine by scott bradley so 
Uh, into our usual weekly update then. So, a um, bit of phenomenal, phenomenal week weather-wise. Um, lovely and warm, 26 degrees here. Um, quite a few days, which is really nice. Uh, makes a nice change. Just really good to get out in the sunshine as much as we can, despite the fact that I'm not really doing any running. Well, I'm not doing any running at all um, and not doing too much walking either. Uh, my brother has been phenomenal. So uh, thank you very much to my brother for helping me out walking snow um, while, I've, uh, while I'm recovering from my foot injuries, from my running injuries. So that's uh, been really helpful. Um, so he's been coming out helping me walk, walk the dog um, so I don't have to, um, so I don't do any more damage to my foot. Um, so um, I will be having my uh, feet in um, boots, support boots, I guess they're called, um, for a couple of weeks, I think. Um, yeah, I think one one of the doctors I saw was optimistic with one week and, and another was uh, a bit more cautious um, with a couple of weeks. I'll probably side on Normally I go with optimistic, but I think I'm going to side on the court. Uh, uh, on the side of caution this time around so we don't do any more damage so I can get back to running as quickly as possible. Uh, the good news was though that there's no severe breakages or anything, just a small um, bone, bone um, um, bruise, bone bruising, um, which I guess is um, the, the precursor to a fracture. So we managed, uh, managed to stop running in time um, before there was serious damage done. Um, a small chip of bone had, had fragmented, but that's okay. That's, that's uh, recoverable, and um, a pulled ligament in both my feet as well. So um, not serious damage, but a couple of more weeks out, hopefully, um, and then I'll be back um, up and running. It's literally again, uh, back out on the roads, hitting hitting the running again. So looking forward to being able to get out. But in the meantime, it's been nice to sit out in the garden in the warm sun. Been beautiful, um, especially um, with snow out in the garden as well, running out. So that that's been great. Um, hopefully you've been able to enjoy some of the weather um, the um, the restrictions lifting has been awesome or starting to lift so it's nice to start seeing people again I actually went out shopping um, for the first time in about a year everything's been done online so actually getting out into the shops talking to human beings again uh, was quite nice so really good to be able to do that also got out to the um, to the local community center to get the uh, get my first covid jab so that was I'm really pleased to have been able to get that. Um, so finally, my age range uh, came up uh, over a week ago now by the time you guys listened to this, um, but really good to get in. They were super efficient. I was super impressed with um, uh, the efficiency of the, uh, uh, the vaccine center, um, getting people in as quickly as possible in the safest possible way and getting the jabs. And um, I, I was lucky I didn't have any side effects. So hopefully where you are, you've been able to have access to that. And if you're in the age groups coming up hopefully you'll have access to that soon enough as well so i'm even more looking forward to the summer uh when when most of the restrictions should be lifted so fingers crossed that continues as planned so uh this week i wanted to talk about the one percent and and i think uh, uh, one of the reasons so i love the one percent theory um if, if, you, if you're kind of a sports fan um you'll know that, that, that there, there was in fact there's been several books written about it um, but there was a big, uh, a whole host of news articles and, and a couple of books written about Team Sky, um, the cycling team um, and the athletes team um, from where they, their coach applied the 1% theory. And this was trying to improve every aspect of the athletes by just 1%. And, and the idea being that if you can improve lots of things by 1% and the 1% quickly add up and 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 this is perfect because the 1% changes tend not to be big changes and they're kind of doable without much effort. 
um, without changing too much. Um, so, I, so I love this theory. I, 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 I always talk about this when I'm with my coaching clients when we're talking about improvements and the way to build successful habits and the way to uh, continue build continual improvement into any habit, relationship, career, whatever it may be. Um, that uh, it's something we always bring up and end up talking about. The reason why I think um, I wanted to talk about it this week was it's quite handy because I was able to apply it to uh, my own life again. So um, I guess I kind of hadn't thought about running it from the perspective of running, uh, which is cool, right? So, uh, you know, all, all part of this podcast is learning for me as well. So um, it was awesome to be able to kind of turn the lens back inwards on myself and say, why haven't I uh, done this to my running as well? Um, so um, as I was kind of thinking about it, uh, there are some real noticeable changes that I should be able to make so that I can avoid um, the injuries again. So the first thing I started off with was kind of looking at my training plans and I, I the way I came up with my training plan. So uh, for most of you who are long time listening, you know, I'm aiming for a 100 kilometers race and a 100 mile race next year. That is. Um, so I'm aiming for those. Um, and the way I came up with the training plan that I'm doing is I found a couple of training plans online. I was sent one by the organizers of one race um, and I kind of looked at several plans and I kind of merged them together in a way that kind of worked for me without really thinking about the science behind them or anything. I just kind of took the best bits from each of them and merged them together, um, which was kind of working. And I think it would have worked had I have not um, torn the ligaments and, and done a bit of damage to my feet. And I don't think that was through overtraining or anything. Um, just, just unlucky the way my foot over pronates or under pronates, whichever way around it is, um, and rolls inwards slightly without the proper support. So, um, I've had to buy a whole new load of supports, uh, as well. So, uh, which we'll come on to in a second. Um, but the training plan itself, I kind of merged together and that's what I was following. And when I was started thinking about running in the terms of this 1% improvements, I thought, well, how could I improve that training plan, um, by 1%? So I googled um, athlete training plans and um, uh, obviously hundreds and hundreds of results came up. I just flicked through the first few and in quite a few of them um, they were written by kind of Olympians and, and uh, uh, elite athletes uh, which is quite cool and a lot there was a, one thing that I noticed that a lot of them had in common and this was the building period of training plan. So build on the mileage that you're running for three weeks and then have a recovery period where it drops down again and then build up again for three weeks and then have that recovery period. And when I looked at my plan, it had some recovery periods built in, but they weren't kind of regular. There was one towards the end just before the longest run, which makes sense. That's a natural taping period anyway, uh, tapering period. So that kind of made sense. But there weren't really any other rest weeks throughout um, the, the plan. So now when I restart again in a couple of weeks time, or hopefully restart again in a couple of weeks time, I can improve my training plan by building in those natural rest points so that I'm ensuring that I'm not overdoing it. And that's no difference to me, all, all the difference that makes it's no, it's no challenge to me. It's not any extra effort on my part. Um, you know, it's not like doing extra training or putting extra hours in. In fact, it's less, it's removing effort for that week, which is cool. Um, the only difference to me, it makes is extends the training period, which is no problem. I love running, so it's not no real hassle. But by making that small change, my body will be better able to recover and adapt to the new stresses and strains that I'm putting on it. So it was a really cool example of that 1% improvement that doesn't really take much effort on my part, 
but it's going to have a difference, especially when I add it to other improvements that I make across the piece. Um, I just mentioned um, having to buy um, in, in, inserts for my shoes, and indeed I also had to replace all my all my shoes as well with a slightly different style, um, which was which was fine. So uh, it's been an expensive week, so I had to replace all my shoes um, and, and buy inserts for those shoes. Um, so that I can prevent the same thing happening again. And again, the only kind of impact to me there was a finance uh, impact. Um, it, it, well, and it was a pain because I had to go to I had to go to the shops. Although, like I say, I enjoyed getting out to the shops for a change. It was really nice. Uh, but but uh, I had to get out to the shops to, to go and get that. So again, really low effort on my part to to do that. But it's going to have a massive impact. I.e., it's going to enable me to train for longer uh, and with less injury um, with any luck. So. By now combining those two things together, increasing my rest periods during the training plan and decreasing the amount of stress and pressure that are on my feet by wearing the right footwear with the right supports, you can already see how that's going to have a big impact from two relatively small things. You've just put those two together. Now, if you build on that again, um, I was led awake at one night struggling to get to sleep so i was thinking what else can we do to look at and i was thinking right from a health and well-being point of view what's the foundational aspect of health and well-being How, what can i improve on from a foundational perspective that's going to be another one percent kind of um, activity that i can just change uh, and adapt so um, the thing I, I thought was the core to kind of health and well-being was sleep you know it's a lot of things it's one of those things that a lot of people overlook and don't think of, uh, especially when you're not talking about kind of athleticism, if you're talking about careers and things. Sleep is still a cornerstone of what you do. If you don't get enough, we feel bad. We don't operate effectively or efficiently. You know, our cognitive performance decreases. Um, our attention span shortens. Our reaction times are slower. So sleep really is one of the cornerstones of any health and well-being program. And, um, you know, it has direct impacts on all elements. You know, if you're talking about relationship, if we're not getting enough sleep, we can be more um, groggy. We can be more um, uh, confrontational because we're tired. Uh, we're not thinking straight. So we can just say the first thing that comes out of our mouth instead of thinking about it like we usually do. If we're talking about in terms of career or business, you know, we could doze off in meetings. I'm sure we've all been there where we've been in meetings and we've dozed off because the presentation is kind of hit a, a steady rhythm and a pace and, and you kind of zone out and then you catch yourself drifting off to sleep and jerk yourself awake and, and hopefully nobody's noticed um, and maybe even worse than that maybe um, you've made some bad decisions as a result of lack of sleep because you've made them quickly um, trying to get them sorted so you can get out and on to other things so sleep really is a, a cornerstone so um, I've read uh, a book um, on sleep I've, in fact I've got a couple of books but I've read, I've read one uh, or on my way through reading one um, by a, a guy called uh, Nick Littlehales. Um, so he's the chap that um, does all the sleep kind of patterns and recommendations for elite sports teams, so football teams, baseball teams, basketball teams, um, Olympians. Uh, so, so he has a great resume looking after sleep of people who do really awesome things, you know, CEOs and other folks as well. So he, he really covers the bases. Um, so, so I kind of read through his book and, and there were some real clear 1% things that I could do to change things. So the first thing that I looked at and I'm implementing at the moment is constant sleep and wake times, even at weekends. is um, I didn't re realise until reading his book 
what a difference having those different go times you go to sleep and the different times that you wake up are. Um, so it, that was really interesting to me. And I thought that's an easy change I can make is committing to go, making sure I go to sleep at the same time every night um, and, and waking up at the same time every morning and making it work uh, seven days a week as well. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions whenever, you know, every now and again, there's going to be, um, you know, something that's important that makes you need to stay up later or want to get up earlier or, or whatever it is. But for the main part, trying to keep that consistent. Now, I've never really done that. I've kind of adjusted my sleep pattern to um, my day um, which has not been beneficial according to Nick uh, Littlehale so I'm looking to change that and make that implementation I don't know whether that's going to work yet um, I'm, sure, well, I'm sure it will um, but I've not yet seen the benefits I've only been doing that for a few days um, and I've got a few other things lined up with my sleep to change as 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 I move on through this month so I'm going to be playing with a few things so um, I've got a daylight lamp in my room um, for when I wake up uh, and to tone down when I go to sleep to, to mimic a sunset. So we're going to try that out over the next month or so. Um, the uh, One of the other things that I'm going to try out is changing uh, my bed sheets, uh, not my bed sheets, my bedding, so my duvets, etc. So um, I, I can't even remember when I last changed the duvets. I think it's some, probably one of the th products in the house that I least think about um, is the duvet itself. Um, so I'm changing the duvet uh, to one that was recommended in the book um, that was like a three layer duvet or two, two duvets that kind of stick together so it's got a lighter version and a medium version and you can use either of those and then for a heavy uh, duty version in the winter you can put both of them together and they kind of connect together um, the materials um, uh, a material that uh, not, is not only comfortable um, but it um, repels um, bed mites and dust mites and things like that that are usually found in the bedroom that you, you want to kind of reduce as much as possible obviously so uh, I'm going to change that and try that out as well so there's a whole host of things with just those few little things and, and by changing those things you can see some of the big impacts already that those changing those four or five things both with my sleep patterns and my training patterns and my shoes you know you can start seeing the improvements that that could have and then that's going to have so by building on those 1% changes, you're going to really significantly improve your life. You know, it's going to be a, um, uh, a an awesome effect that that's going to have overall. So, um, you know, it's a compound effect where um, the benefit you get from one is going to be multiplied the more you add to it. So I think it's an awesome strategy. I think um, that we should be looking to apply this to as many lives, areas in our life as possible. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about applying it to running. I'd applied it to business. I'd applied it to overall health and well-being, but I hadn't put it on um, to uh, specifically to my running. Um, so it was awesome to be able to look at it from a different angle. And as I started to look at it from a different angle, I saw a whole load of other things that I could start looking at in the future. So things like my diet, um, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I've got a habit every morning, I have an Actimal yogurt with a, a, a multivitamin just to make sure that I'm getting um, the right stuff every day uh, with the exercise, because I do so much exercise, it, it's important to keep, keep make sure that I've got the right nutrients, etc. Um, so, so I do that every morning, um, usually with a bottle of water and, a, and a, with a hydration tab in it. Um, so by applying the 1% just to that habit, uh, once I've kind of tracked my sleep and got my sleep patterns right, I can start doing that at different times of the day. So instead of taking it in the morning, I can then try doing that in the evening before I go to bed and see if it affects my 
um, sleep positively or negatively because I'll have a baseline from the work that I'm doing at the moment. I'll be able to see whether it puts me into a deeper sleep quicker um, because I, my body's full of good nutrients and it's kind of processing that or whether it puts it to a lighter sleep and it's not as good quality sleep because maybe my stomach's fuller um, and it's busy processing the food and the and the, and the yogurt rather than um, putting you into a deeper state of sleep. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. So by once you start applying this to one area of your life, you can quickly see other areas and, and you'll get knock on things where you start doing something and you think, oh, I could improve on doing that. Uh, but the thing, think that the important thing with these 1% changes is to keep them as 1% changes and try and only do one or two of those changes at a time because otherwise you can quickly become overwhelmed because overall they're more than 1% changes and it becomes challenging. And the key here is to make it as easy as possible and to get the biggest improvement with the least amount of effort possible, um, uh, which is uh, going to mean we'll stick to the habit and stick to the routine of doing this. Um, so if you start doing too much at once, then then you're going to not get that benefit and you're going to lose um, the interest and the uh, determination to see that through. So the important thing is when you do think of those awesome things, like some of those things I've just mentioned about, uh, for example, changing my duvet, changing my diet in the future um, and other things, it's important that we write those down and keep a list of those so we don't forget them once we've wrapped up the current cycle of the 1% changes that we're implementing at the moment so that we can come back to it. Like I say, I've, the examples I've given mainly have been around health and well-being because that's just what's applied to me in the last couple of weeks. It's I love being able to give live examples that have affected me directly, so that's really helpful. But this can be applied to anything. So it could be uh, part of your relationship. So a 1% change could be um, calling your parents more often to talk to them or calling a sibling or um, another family member or catching up with a friend you know, more regularly. Just putting a, uh, a reminder in your calendar of a Friday afternoon to phone your friend for 10 minutes to have a conversation with them and catch up and chew chew the cud so to speak to see uh, to see what's been going on in the world with them um, it could be um, setting some time aside on a Tuesday evening every every Tuesday to have date night with your partner um, whether that's to get a takeaway together whether it's going out for a walk uh, whether it's watching a movie, whatever that may be for you. So there are all, all kinds of things that we can do to apply this to relationships as well. Business is even more clear and all, even more obvious. You know, you could be um, assigning more time to uh, business activities or uh, social media or, or whatever it is for your particular business. It could be coaching somebody in your business, setting some time aside to do that. It could be setting some time aside to do information cascades, whatever it is but make sure that we stick to the 1% rules, i.e. it's a small rule, uh, it's a small change even, um, that takes little to no effort to implement so that we can get that compound effect once we implement multiple 1% changes. So hopefully that's helped some people today. Um, as per usual, um, head to iTunes and leave us a five-star review if you find this helpful. That really helps us out. People ask us how we help, uh, how they can help us out. And uh, if you want to make that 1% difference for us, if you can go on and leave that positive review, not only is it inspiring for us to hear how that how we've positively impacted somebody and provided you with hopefully with some great information, it also helps us to keep going and stay motivated and know we're doing a great job as well. So we really appreciate that. So if you get some five minutes, head over to iTunes or your preferred podcast platform and, and leave us that review. That, that would be really appreciated. 
Uh, in the meantime, have a think about that 1% theory, how you can apply it to your life. Um, if you want some further information, Google it, and, and there's going to be a whole ton of articles up here about Team Sky. I recommend reading those. There's a book written about it. I've not got around to the book yet, but I, I will do, and I'm sure it's going to be a great read, so check that out as well if you're interested in that. Um, but otherwise, I shall see you here in the same time at the same place next week. Thank you.